Are we are we recording this for like the internet or just for fun? Are you fucking with me? I don't know what's happening. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the peony. <laughs> we make all your dreams come true and, and your nightmares. Your nightmares. <laughs> I'm gonna clap us in. Three, okay. two, one. Synchronicity. Mm. Sweet, sweet. Like chocolate and peanut synchronicity. butter. I love chocolate and peanut butter. It's my favorite right? flavor combo. Dude, Halloween like, is coming up. All the little like tiny mm. mini candies that like if mm-hmm. you eat if you eat like 40 of them, it doesn't count. It's like the same as eating one candy bar. Oh wait, sorry. Yes. What's what's that? What what's that? Legal told me that's not true. Um <laughs> and yeah, so it's not it's not true. Sorry. Got it. Then how many is it if I eat like 30 little ones? Is that is that like 10 big ones? Sure. Well, wow, that's a lot. Um I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Wait, are we talking like three a, little ones for every like big a one? Kit Kat situation? I was thinking like the mini like Reese's. Oh. Mm, you remember those? Yeah. Do I remember? Like, I could forget those. <laughs> okay. Top three <laughs> favorite candies in honor of it being spooky season. Halloween's coming up. What are your top three? Like, you are on a Ooh. deserted island uh-huh. and and a, a cargo ship or a cargo plane is mm-hmm. going to drop you supplies to hold mm-hmm. you over. Not rescue you, just drop you supplies. <laughs> and not drop you anything useful, only, only a candy? crate of... Of candy of your top three candies. Okay. So. Uh, question for you, just clarification. Does this include like C's candy or are we talking like grocery store candy, like gas station candy? Uh, let's let's do rule of thumb. If you got it trick-or-treating, oh. then you can count it. Okay. Then that changes one of my answers, but that's okay. Uh, number one, Sour Patch Kids, 100%. Ooh. Those are my favorite. Uh, number two, we're going classic. We're going Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, especially Ooh. around the holidays when you've got more peanut butter than chocolate. Mm, so tasty. Love it. Love it. Uh, number three, Milky Ways, specifically Ooh. the Midnight, the dark chocolate. Mm. Milky Ways, delicious. Phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Plus. It's a good balance. What about you? It's a good balance yeah. of like bitterness from the dark mm-hmm. chocolate and then like – because the nougat, the nougat for me can sometimes get a little too sweet. Yeah, that's why I like the midnight because yep. the dark chocolate kind of cuts yeah. that a little bit. So good. Hell yeah. Um, so I went trick-or-treating for the first time like three years ago. Excuse me? <laughs> I never went trick-or-treating as a kid. Ever. <sighs> and I went okay. three years right. ago uh-huh. as a person in her late 20s because I have a niece and a nephew Mm-hmm. that went trick-or-treating or a nephew that went trick-or-treating i went with children and i was an adult <laughs> but i got my own bag children that people- you're related to not that you just like found right no i'm i'm got really it. this is my this is garrett's sister's mm-hmm. children 
Okay. And we went around the neighborhood and, and I got my own bag. And I got my own candy that people gave me. Mm-hmm. And it was the highlight of my life. <laughs> it's like, pretty it great. Was, and there were all these people that were like my age, just like in the houses or on the porches, uh-huh. drinking, talking, dancing, making out. And I'm like, I got my own bag and people are putting candy in it. This is so great. <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad you had a blast. Trick or treating is so Thank much you. fun. Like, Thank you. It is. It, I will say, like, getting older now, I get – I'm so bummed because in our neighborhood, we don't really have trick-or-treaters. And all yeah. I want is to, like, live in a neighborhood where I get to hand out candy and, like, have the cool spooky house. Yeah. That was always, like, my favorite part about trick-or-treating was seeing all the shit that people would put up. And some people, would, like, turn their yeah. front yard into a haunted house. Did you see That's any of those when you went trick-or-treating? Goals. Goals. There is one house on the neighborhood specifically, like some people went all out, but there's one house in specific that the couple that lives there plans for Halloween every year. So like Ooh, when one yeah, Halloween yeah. ends, they've already started planning for the next one and they always <sighs> do a theme. So the year that we went, the theme was Moana and they did like, Aww. they literally like out of like paper mache or something sculpted like the the shiny scene like with like from under the sea and what? like the woman was dressed like i like i forget who the woman was dressed as not as moana i want to say she was maybe i don't remember maybe dressed as like the grandma or something mm-hmm. but yeah it was they like went all out and they basically turned their entire like i'm talking like lightning like light effects like special like it was it was intense they had the music going they like transformed their front yard into the bottom of the sea hell yes Mm -hmm. that's dope as hell yeah yeah so i'm like this is goals this is very much goals i want to be i feel like i want to be the person the couple the i want to have the house that we just go all 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 out for Mm -hmm. halloween and I thought, you know, maybe one year, one year for Christmas, we could be the house that does like the like synchronized lights where like, you uh-huh. know, the people that drive through and like there's a playlist and they play the song and it's like the lights go. Yep. And I was like, but I feel like I could only do that for like one, one season because that's like having those lights go off every night is a nuisance to be honest. Like, <laughs> like if you're driving through, no, but because you're dr- going to drive through like what one time, maybe two times if your friends come mm-hmm. to visit to show it off. But like living there, like you better oh, have blackout curtains. Yeah. Or you, ch- you shut it down at a certain hour. You're like, all right, everybody, it's yeah. nine 45. It's my bedtime. Turn it yep. off. But you still got to deal with like those hours that it's playing. That's true. And like yeah. that music. Well, and I think, uh, my family and I, not like, Christmas 2019, there was a house in this neighborhood and you like went and you tuned your radio to a certain station and then mm-hmm. you could hear the music. I can't remember if the music yeah. was playing outside or not. It may have only been via I think you're right. It's the radio. Inside. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. might, if you're just playing it over a radio. Well, yeah. Am I home? Yeah. Still annoying, but you know the sound. The sound is yeah. I feel like that makes the most sense because if you have multiple houses on the block, like they're gonna have competing sound unless they like go one after the other. But I feel like either way, that's like annoying. You gotta just like get like blackout shades. 
Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just you're trying to watch Ted Lasso, and the lights are just fucking going. <laughs> trip. It looks like a fucking like a like a Diplo show outside, and you're just trying to watch some Apple TV. <laughs> uh, one season, I would do it for one season just to be like, okay, I've, I've experienced this. I've contributed to the neighborhood. The HOA is happy with me, and then I'm going to become president of the HOA, and I'm going to be like, yeah, y'all. We're not doing this, or we're no. doing this bigger. Yeah, yeah. There's a. I feel like every hometown has this. There's a neighborhood. There's a couple of neighborhoods in uh, Palmdale where if you move there, it's sort of like a contract that you agree to decorate for the holidays. Like mm-hmm. Candy Cane Lane is a big one, and then there's one other one that they decorate for every single holiday, and all of the houses get involved. So it's like if you're moving there. You you better get on board or else the neighbors are going to, like, egg your car or something. See, I feel like that's too much pressure. When people expect that of you, it's just too much pressure. I mean, I guess don't move there. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I feel like I would try to just – I would try to just, like, put a huge projector, projector screen in front of my whole house mm-hmm. and find a way – to like just play something on the projector. Like maybe I'm playing my house, but it's decorated. <laughs> like but it's just ha- on a screen. You've hired somebody to go in and like CGI the lights under your house yeah. to decorate yeah. it. All right. Yeah. I can get down with or that. I don't need I don't even need a screen. I just have a projector that like shines the like decorations onto <sighs> the house. And then that's Lining it. That's easy. That up We're done. Is gonna be such a Not pain my in the job. Butt. Well, there you it's go. Not my job. That's what you hire <laughs> lighting technicians for, everybody. I feel like we know a few of those. Uh, we absolutely do. We also know some audio engineers too. We do. We do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I went trick or treating for the first time like three years ago, and um, but I've loved candy forever. I mean, what am I? Uh, a monster? Demon? I don't think so. Um. <laughs> I'm going Reese's, 100% Reese's is in oh, there. Oh, I didn't realize you hadn't listed out yours yet. No. <laughs> okay, no, but go I've been for thinking it. about it this whole time. Reese's, uh huh. cups, not not pieces. There's a time and a place for pieces, and it's not trick-or-treating. It I want you to movie, give me theater popcorn. Exactly. Pepper that mm-hmm. shit in. Amazing oh, combination. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yes. So, no, and I want the full cups. Like, I want to get two full-size Reese's Pieces. I don't want the ones wrapped in foil. I want a two-pack. Give it to me. <laughs> That's also my dream is to be the house on the block that gives out, like, full-size yeah. candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Snickers is up there 100%. Okay. Need but that, I, on, I only want the minis. I want to just pop <laughs> them into my mouth like little bonbons. Little <laughs> bonbons. Bonbons. Little bonbon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And number three? That's it. I just need those two. Oh. Okay. <laughs> That's all I need. I need is nothing there, else. Is there one in particular you want to double down on? Yes. Is it Snickers? It's both. God damn it, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> just give me, just fill, fill the crate up to like one and a half times... Like, like, you separate it into three, right? You get, uh-huh. I'm not about to do this math. This is not, 
I am this not is now no, no. a word problem podcast. Well, I'm applying to graduate school. You know this. You are, so yes. I'm taking an exam to be considered for said graduate school. And so I'm doing a lot of word problems. And it's just mm. all I can think about these days. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not going to subject the listeners to that because I want them to come back, obviously. Um, yeah, no, just just give me all the Snickers, all the Reese's, just pile it on me. Also, if I'm on a, des- on a deserted island, I feel like those are bad choices because they would melt. Like, I would have to eat them immediately. Like, I would have to just, like, open the crate. They would have to already be unwrapped, which I know is unsanitary, but, hey, I'm on a deserted island by myself with no source of water. So, like, what do you think I've been doing? Like, I'm just going to dive in and just, like, death by by chocolate and caramel and peanuts Slowly and peanut butter. Slowly suffocate to death. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if you're going to go, Try to eat my well. way out. <laughs> just to <laughs> still find yourself on a deserted island. <laughs> I died doing what I loved. <laughs> Eating candy. Mm. Uh, what is your favorite part about the spooky season? Aside from candy. I think because I think what my favorite thing about hmm that's a good question. You go first. You go first. I'll think about it. Right. Okay. Uh, mine are spooky stories, like without a doubt, mm. or like binge watching like trash ghost hunter stories, like ghost hunters. Ghost Bros. Uh, ghost Bros. Why don't I know that ghost one? Ghost Bros. It's, I Is think that- it's. Ghost Hunters, but uh, I no, just called, I no Zach. I think we. I can't remember if we talked to another fucking horror podcast about this, but there no. There's an episode where they talk about Zach Bagans. He's such a douche nozzle. I hate that man. Ghost like, bro, ghost bro. Yeah, like with his fucking Ed Hardy. Anyway, <laughs> don't sue me, Zach. You have more money than God. Uh, no, that one's Ed not Hardy's my Hardy's gonna sue you. <laughs> just you though, not Damn me. It. Um, that's fine. Uh. No, I love um, Ghost. Is it Ghost Hunters? Uh, with taps. It's like it used to be on the Sci Fi Channel, mm-hmm. like early two thousands. I watched it all the time, um, and then it kind of disappeared for a little bit. It's making a comeback. It's one of my favorite shows to watch. But like binge watching that, listening to a like spooked podcast or the mm-hmm. black tapes, like anything like audio related. I just. I get yeah. really into it. And then reading, I just bought uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Don't know if you remember Ooh. that series of books from our childhood. Yeah. But, oh, um, yeah. Those drawings are fucking terrifying. So just like any and all scary stories yeah. are my favorite thing about Halloween. Good thing we have a guest that's going to give us a, a story. Yeah. We'll see if it's scary. We don't have the conclusion yet. We don't. It's it, We're slowly building up to it. But uh, yeah. on this week's episode, we have Finnegan Justice Murphy of the RPG Concierge. Um, yeah. And uh, if you listen to last week's episode, um, he left us two voicemails about a potential <laughs> witch sighting <laughs> in his neighborhood. So, Which ghost? Uh, we, ghost witch. <laughs> Which ghost, ghost witch? <laughs> Ghost witch, <laughs> robots in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's hanging with us to give us an update. Very excited for that. I know. Um, I'm so excited. I'm like so invested in the story. I'm so yeah. invested, and I'm so happy we have him because I remember I had a question. Like, uh-huh. 
can anyone else see him or is she only visible to Finn? And now I get to ask him to his face. Yes. His thoughts on that are. (laughs) So I'm so excited. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Before we get into that, what's what's your favorite part about the spooky season? I think it's not so much the spooky part of it. Although I did mm-hmm. love when you were talking about shows and like storytelling and all that, I did love like those programs that were the most haunted places in the world or like, yes. something. you know what I mean? And it was like medieval yes. torture chambers and like <laughs> shit like that. And like, Oh, there was this like quiet Amish community that like, bum, bum. yeah. And it was just, and it was, and it was, because I'm a fucking nerd. And it was, it, mm-hmm. because it wasn't only spooky stories, it was also like the architecture or this region <laughs> of the world's climate has led to the stone to become eroded, but not this metal cage where all of the prisoners were tortured. <laughs> and so it's just like, there's like a spookiness and an eeriness, but it's also kind of educational, which I enjoy. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like the only time I ever watched the Travel Channel. Like, it was around Halloween. (laughs) And then I was always like, I want to go to Ireland and see all of these castles. And my mom was like, all of the haunted ones, you weirdo. (laughs) There was always some scorned lover in a Uh white dress. Yep, always a bride in a white dress or a red dress. Every now and then she's in red. Like, what? Yep, yep. Yep. She was left alone on her wedding night and yeah. she threw herself into the sea. Like, exactly. Okay. I live for that shit. <laughs> I love it. The drama. <laughs> but I think I think the reason that I enjoyed like Halloween and the ramp up to Halloween is because we're about to go into a an entire season of holidays. Mm-hmm. Right. So we are gonna like we're gonna get a little spooky. We're gonna get candy. There's gonna be a sense of community. Like and then we dress put on costumes. We go to parties. We do all that stuff. Right. And so it's like a fun little like little um just a what's it called in sports i don't know the sports you're Trip asking off. me kickoff Uh-oh. it's like a little it's like a kickoff <laughs> event <laughs> what's it called in sports you're asking a theater major who does not give two shits about sports what <laughs> kickoff it's like a kickoff to holiday season because halloween is first okay yep i'm with you okay then <laughs> think about it i'm gonna lead you through this trajectory right so you start off on a high note. You're getting candy. You're partying. Maybe you're mm-hmm. going out to a party, hanging out with friends. You have a costume on. Maybe there's someone else that has a costume on. You start talking. You hit it off. Oh, okay. You're like, who knows what's going to happen? Maybe he'll show you his jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> with your consent, obviously. But <laughs> then you think about it, right? Halloween is over. You do mm-hmm. your morning walk with your costume missing a footy or something in the the next morning and no shame, no shame in the game. But then you hit November, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when you start to get into the the family part, right? The Thanksgiving. And for those of us that have lost parents or people Mm -hmm. important to us in our family, for people that have family members who perhaps don't, they don't see eye to eye with either, you know, political ideologies or some past trauma, whatever the case may be. We're now easing into, we've gone from like fun, creepy, spooky, horny, costumey <laughs> to like, 
trauma coming up. Yeah. And just a lot of like, what are you doing with your life? Well, what do you think that, how much does that make? Oh, are you engaged? Are you seeing anyone? When are you having a baby? When are you having another baby? Like all of that shit. And then we hit like the the present season. We hit the commercial season where everyone's scrambling to buy a gift and everyone's like going broke, buying presents for people. And they have this moment where you exchange presents and you try to fill the emotional void within your soul with material items. And then it's fucking January and you have to sit through January and February of just gray, cold, miserable weather after you've been riding the emotional highs and lows of holiday season and you just sit there like like a scorned, ghost lover in a red dress (laughs) waiting for the thaw to come so that's why i love halloween (laughs) (laughs) i was like are you excited about halloween (laughs) because it nosedives real hard it does after halloween it nosedives that's why i love halloween because it kind of gives me this false it kind of swings me so far in the direction of optimism (laughs) that then Thanksgiving and Christmas just kind of like wear you spin, down. Like bring bring me back into the middle of the spectrum, and then January just pendulates me all the way in the into like the other zone, the depression zone. I fucking hate Jan. I'm sorry. I know your birthday's in January, and it's like I mean the I had nothing moment. to do with that. Okay, but, you know. okay. It's <laughs> I like was supposed to be born in February, but eh, here we are. So. How about, let's just say this, okay? Mm-hmm. After January 4th, everything goes to shit. Okay, that's fair. Okay. Thank you. So after, your birthday <laughs> is the last holiday in the season. Amazing. I'm ignoring it my own birthday, is which so is sad. in February, but we, I don't like my own birthday, so it doesn't matter. Oh. Oh, and then you have Valentine's Day, which suck a dick, Cupid. <laughs> but then, upswing, you've got St. Patrick's Day, so, you know... Back to being horny and in costume. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. And with oh, that, I just, no, oh. <laughs> I just yes. realized we're in a different Zoom room than the one we have to meet Finn in. Oh well. All right. Uh, Enjoy the interview or conversation. Three, two, one. Amazing. So excited. It's we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm so excited. Very good. <laughs> hello, everybody, and hello, Finn. Welcome. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. We're excited to have you here. I mean yeah. I don't know why it took us this long to harass <laughs> you enough to come on here. I mean, I know we're we're not everyone's, I'm not everyone's slice of pie, but. Aww. No, you guys are awesome. This show is great. Like, I've been keeping up. Uh, I haven't gone through the entire backlog of stuff, but like, I think starting in December or January, I've gone on, I've listened to every, every episode. Uh, it's pretty rad. You guys are great. Thank you. We did not pay him Aww. to say that. I know. I was be like, oh, thank you, so- <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, Finn. That's all we wanted. Bye. No, kidding. No problem. See you guys. <laughs> uh, well, listeners, uh, for those of you who tuned into last week's episode, um, mm-hmm. Finn left us a couple of voicemails. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
He's here to maybe give us a little bit of an update. Um, but before we get into that, in case you are not familiar with Finnegan Justice Murphy, do you mind that I just used your entire first name? It's a badass name. No, I, I say it every... Thank you, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, was like, pretty... I, I say it every episode on the front of my show, so it, that's Yeah, I was like pretty sure he says it every single time. Uh, Finnegan Justice Murphy of the RPG Concierge. Um, if you guys have not checked that out, please do. It's dope, especially if you're into board games. Um, Lex, you were on an episode. I was. Yeah. Finn also, I, I'm pretty sure, I know I talk about you on the show. Uh, Finn is the GM for the Dungeons and Dragons campaign that I've been playing in for four years now. I think we just hit our four yeah. year anniversary. Wild. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Whew, what a time. It's been so fun. <laughs> so goofy. Um, but we were like, you know, spooky season's happening. These voicemails are getting a little intense. So uh, we were hoping to get Finn in here. Live I have follow-up questions. Studio and Julia has okay. follow-up questions. I have follow-up so. questions. I needed to ask you in your face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm ready. <laughs> so for those, because I know you have some updates, but you're gonna you're gonna tease us a little bit with those. So yeah, so I f- I thought that it was like a fun yeah weird thing that happened, and yeah. It, it seemed like uh, I didn't know what the hotline was intended to be mm-hmm. for. Um, that exactly. You're always like, just call and tell us stuff that's happening. Yep. And I was like, okay, well, uh, I think I can get like, uh, I can spread out this story long enough to get us to like a Halloween thing. Yes. And if you guys are into it, cool. And if not, then whatever. The voicemails are deleted and who cares? No, I think that's no, no, amazing. No. And <laughs> such a beautiful buildup. For people who are, so we're not going to necessarily reveal too much, but for people who are just jumping into this episode without having listened to the prior one or haven't gone through it, can you just give us a little bit of a rephrase of what we know so far? Sure. Um, So a little bit of backstory. Um, I've been, uh, like a lot of people uh, nowadays, I've been sitting on my butt for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I work from home now. I, I don't go out very often if I can help it. Um, and so uh, I'm I'm two vaccines in. I feel pretty okay about stuff now. And so I'm like trying to get back out there and get a little bit of movement uh, and, and walk around and stuff. So I've got two dogs um, and uh, one of them is she's an old lady now, uh, so she's she's only good for like a mile maybe, um, and then we drop her off back at home. But the the little dog, uh, Lolo and I, um, then go back out. So Beckett comes home, we give her her treat, and then Lolo's already waiting by the door to go back and do it again. <laughs> um, so then Lolo and I will usually do about another four miles, and so like the circuit that we do gets us to depending on shortcuts and stuff that I take anywhere between like 4.8 to five and a quarter miles. Right? Um, yeah, but it's chill, right? Yeah. Like I'm walking, I'm not like exerting myself or anything. Um, and so one, one night and, and because it's Southern California, it's, it's like stupid hot here all the time, mm-hmm. um, over the summer. And now it's started to get cooler at night. And so we're going a lot at night. Um, to avoid the heat and just kind of enjoy the nice cool area, uh, uh, the nice cool uh, weather. So um, the other night we were walking and it was like, I don't know, like 930 at night. And we're going down this road that 
curves, and it's so hard for me not to use my hands as I'm describing this right now, but um, (laughs) (laughs) the road kind of banks to the right and then curves back to the left to straighten out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're walking, and it's a pretty dark strip of the street. Um, There's like... Girl, you in danger. I know. (laughs) I was like, don't you listen to my favorite murder? (laughs) I do. I do. But Lolo is more brave than I will ever be. So I feel comfortable that she's with me. She's feisty. Um, Yeah. Um, She's like 20 pounds and she's ready to go at a moment's notice. Mm -hmm. So so we're just walking and I'm listening to, I I think I was listening to your, no, I wasn't. I was listening to your show the next day and that's what prompted me to call. Um, But I was listening to a podcast or something. And um, I I get to the point where it curves back to the left to straighten out. And there's like this tall, like six foot tall stone fence that I'm going past. And then as I get past the fence, it opens up to this yard. And so that's just at the curve of the street. And so I don't see anything in the yard as I'm approaching until I'm right there. Right. Mm. And so like I come around this corner and there's the street lamp shining through a bunch of trees that are overhead. And so it's very shadowy with like little dapples of light coming in. Um, and there's this woman walking in her yard. And she's she's older, but spry, I guess. Mm-hmm, like she yeah. looks like she might be mid to late 60s. Um, she's got like a, a blousey kind of like faded red top on. And, like, a long skirt that goes all the way to the floor. And her hair kind of goes to, like, the middle of her back. And it's long and gray. And it's, like, clean, right? Like, she's not, like, some spooky, greasy-looking horror. (laughs) Goblin. Um, (laughs) Right, yeah. Uh, But she, like, is walking this, like, circle in her front yard. I assume it's her front yard. Um, and she just turns and looks at me through the wrought iron fence and like locks eye contact with me, but doesn't say a word and keeps walking. Also doesn't stop, just like keeps walking and is like turning and her eye, like her eyes are, it feels to me like they're big. Um, and so like, I'm just enthralled, right? Like I can't look away either. And I'm like, <laughs> right? Like it's weird. It's definitely a weird sensation. And so she's walking this circuit and main- like maintained eye contact the entire time as I walked past the front of her yard, even as she like turned her shoulders and body, her head like stayed locked on mine. Um, and it was spooky. Yeah. And so. Um, the next day, as I was coming through that same area, I called you guys beforehand to tell you all of that. Mm -hmm. And then afterward to explain that I didn't see her that night. Um, so that was, that was a couple weeks ago. And now I think I'm closing in on like when she's around, because I've seen her a few more times since then. Okay. Um, and so the message from... Oh, should I talk about the one from this week? It hasn't aired yet. I don't know. That's up to you guys. We could play it. I was like, yeah, I was like, we could just play it. <laughs> we could play it. Sure. <laughs> play it, We could play it right now. <laughs> Let me pull that shit up right now. I have so many questions and so many No, Julia and I are going to live react to this with Finn watching our reaction. <laughs> I don't know if this is meta or not. Also, as you were saying, like, she was staring at you, but her like her body was still moving, but her head was still staying. I was like, "Is she a witch or is she an owl?" Like, I yeah, it was very owl-like, or Ooh. or like 
yeah, very bird-like the way that she was, like, clocking me as I walked past. (sighs) And, like, realistically, she's a woman watching some white dude walk his dog past her yard, right? Like, she's gonna keep an eye on I'm not to be trusted, right? (laughs) Like, so... (laughs) She also has, like... Either voice teacher or movement teacher, like in theater school vibes. Like uh, that's just what I'm imagining. Is is that? Yeah. To, to <laughs> me, she. I'm a big fan of the Paranormal Activity franchise mm-hmm. as a whole. Um, I know that's not everyone's cup of tea, and and whatever. But um, there's a coven of witches in that that like show up in like filling a yard in the end of the third one, I think it is. Um, and it's wild. And like, they all have the same look that this woman had. And so of course Uh-oh. it's dark, it's spooky. It's nice and cold night. Uh, it's, it's quiet. I'm by myself. Um, I have Lolo there to protect me. And so of course I'm looking at that and it immediately reminds me of this coven. Yeah. So, yeah. Ooh. Uh, oh, spooky. God. Okay. Julia, do you got a queued up? Hey, it's Finnegan calling from the uh, RPG Concierge. Just wanted to give you an update. Uh, I'm walking Lolo again. We're going on a pretty long one, so um, sorry if I'm a little bit winded. And you're probably going to hear some like dogs barking in the background and stuff. But I um, wanted to give you an update on the witch ghost person. Uh, I just walked <laughs> by and... I saw them again, um, which is wild because I haven't seen them since the last time I called, um, or the night before the last time I called. Anyway, um, so it was like one of those really spooky moments where I'm, I'm walking, uh, down the block. It's pretty dark around that corner. Um, and the street kind of has a curve in it. And so once I get around the curve, the first thing that I see is that yard, um, and she was in the yard again, just walking. Um, and she, like, just kept her eyes on me the whole time. And I said, hello. And she just kind of nodded at me. And I said, like, thought about, you know, this call and what a funny story would be to tell you. So I, I just said to her, uh, are you a witch? And she stopped walking and then, like, turned her body to face me like her eyes were on me the whole time but she like kind of had her head turned to the side uh to watch me as she was walking sort of around uh the yard and uh you know it occurs to me now that she didn't answer me um but she just said um and what do you think a witch is um which was wild um and so, you know, I told her that I think a witch is a, uh, a really strong and smart and clever, independent woman who just kind of got fed up and started, you know, uh, taking care of business himself and uh, being, being badass. And then she just started walking again. So I said, uh, Say goodbye, and I left because it was kind of creepy. Um, anyway, uh, I will keep you posted as we go forward, and uh, maybe I'll figure some out. This is almost a three-minute message, so that's enough for me. Okay, bye. You passed the test. You passed the test. Did I know? I don't know. Confirmed nor denied. Very interesting. 
Right, which is a great power move, right? Like if you're asked a direct question and you just turn it back around on them, like, yeah. Clearly, that's not my domain. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that she is sitting on a podcast with two ding-dongs right now Basically being like, so there's this guy in the neighborhood and he's been coming around (laughs) and he held my eye contact and it was like so creepy. And I like tried to like lock eyes with him and scare him off. But then the other day he like talked to me (laughs) and he like asked me if I was a witch. So I'm definitely going to put a curse on him. I hope so. Uh, I hope that's how this is going down because that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Finn can't wait to be cursed. I mean, I, I'm not interested in that part. Okay. Okay. Good, <laughs> okay. But it makes for a great story. Okay. What, what is a curse you're willing to accept? Oh, interesting. Um, man. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? I, I don't know. Maybe like... Every time you fart, it smells like Auntie Annie's. Wait, are you making a statement of fact here, or are you asking me if that's the curse I want? Well, I'm so happy I'm getting to know more about you at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know. See, all all of them, all, every idea that I'm coming up with scares me, because the whole idea is that the curse takes the thing that you think is not a big deal, and then just kind of needles it over and over and over again until it's the worst thing ever. Um, mm-hmm. I keep thinking of the movie Thinner, uh, if you've ever seen Mm-mm, that. Um, no. It's, uh, I I don't remember who made it, but uh, this guy is walking down the street or whatever, and somebody is um, trying to sell little knickknacks on the, on the street in, like, Chicago or New York or something. And he's too busy not paying attention and ends up stepping on one of their trinkets. And is really then shitty to the person who's trying to sell their stuff. And they, he's, he's an overweight guy and she reaches out and she touches his face and she says thinner. And then he's weirded out, but he goes about his day. Mm -hmm. And over time he starts losing weight and it's great. And he's super excited about it. And then he keeps losing weight. And keeps getting thinner and thinner and thinner and it becomes really unhealthy and like really terrible for him and stuff like that. Um, so I, I think of that when you're like, what curse would you accept? And I'm like, you yeah, know, I could use lose a couple LBs. I, I gained the COVID-19, you know, uh, while we're here in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would be great to just drop all that. But I don't want to take anything too far. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Are there curses you would take on? After I just said all of them are awful, of course. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't think so. I'm trying to think of like a film that has a curse that doesn't seem that bad. Also, because we've been playing D and D forever, I'm like, no, everything that's cursed is bad. Like curses are bad, <laughs> just all around. So, what like, are some D and D curses? So we have one player that it's Jose <laughs> discovered Jose discovered that he could buy cursed weapons for really cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's been collecting just cursed items. He's just like been gathering them. Um, and so there are <laughs> things that game. seem 
Uh-huh. Yeah, they're things that seem innocuous at first, uh, but then, you know, the the more times he uses it, the more the higher the chances that the curse will be kicked off and it'll be terrible. But some of them are innocuous, like um, he got a a weapon that whenever he used it, it would cheer him on or jeer him specifically <laughs> based on how well he did. Mm-hmm. And so if he's in a fight and he misses poorly it like makes fun of him and like taunts him and stuff uh which is fun (laughs) see Um, i would take that i would take something that i would take an object that immediately gave me feedback based on what i was doing because the amount of times (laughs) i walk through this world and i'm like i don't know give me a sign so it would be nice to have like a, a point of like Okay, great. I'm not doing what I need to be doing. Let me focus on something else. <laughs> Your jacket is just like, you got a kid. Don't worry about it. Keep going. Yeah, exactly. You know, I need yeah. that. I need that gut check like mm. at least once a day or else I just spiral into an existential crisis. Yeah, right on. <laughs> All right. So I'll That's see fair. next time I see her. I'll ask if she's got something like that for you and I'll send it up. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Wow. Wow. Did you just become our... Like, witch dealer? <laughs> I mean, if I can work out a decent rate, I'd I'd be a, a witch dealer. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> what is a decent rate for a witch dealer? Well, I feel like I would, first and foremost, top of that contract, immunity. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, I would need... Very smart. Immunity. And the second thing is, I would need access, right? Because now that I'm immune, I need to know what my options are here, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then it would be, you know, I, I would reap some sort of benefits from peddling their wares, or their cursed wares around the country. Uh, <laughs> so like, I just <laughs> like maybe a percentage of, I just feel like there's definitely going to be a client that like gets too close for comfort. It gets personal and you just take it upon yourself to oh. exactly. You have these cursed items. You have this person that you is obviously the antagonist in your story. And yeah. that's where your downfall begins, my friend. It's true. Um, I will, however, bring Lolo everywhere. Mm, mm-hmm. So I feel like that gives me a little bit of an edge. She's very small. <gasps> okay. Yes. If, if, the witch, <laughs> if the witch gave you the option, like she said, oh, I could put a spell on your dog that will allow you two to be telepathically linked. You could like hear oh. everything Lolo is thinking and saying. She can hear your thoughts and understand you. There's like a you both just are speaking the same language telepathically to each other. Would you do it? That sounds great. Asterisk. Uh-huh. <laughs> I saw a a comic once that was that same premise yeah. of like. You know, like Gary wished he could hear uh, that he could commune with dogs. And then the next frame over is all the dogs in the neighborhood. The first frame is the dogs barking. And then the second one is him making his wish to understand what they were saying. And then the third one is that same first frame, except instead of bark written in over them all, they're all just saying, hey. Yeah, I feel like all dogs would be intimidating. I feel like a cat yeah. would be an interesting telepathic connection. Yeah, that might be interesting. However, I feel like a cat might find a way to harness that power and then use it as psychological warfare against the human. Absolutely. Yeah. They do it already, and I don't know what they're saying. But do they torment me daily? 100%. 
hundred percent. Taylor Great. could come in here right now, look at me, meow, and get me to do whatever he wants. I like. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they're but, little crybabies, and I will follow them into the darkness. Like it's fine. <laughs> I wonder if maybe there's some link between that and like witches and black cats and stuff. Mm. You know, mm. like maybe cats are the only uh, the only animal worth. Uh, having those conversations with like dogs are just like hey 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 oh, yeah. and cats are like oh you know I had this idea the other day oh it's devious <laughs> what do you think of this they twist their whiskers yes yeah oh, 100% <laughs> yes like Salem yeah exactly yeah. no oh, one so ever good. listened to him he had such maniacal ideas but he I feel like he <laughs> would have succeeded and at least some of them, if he wasn't always being left to his own devices. And I kind of wanted thumbs. him. I kind of wanted him to win at least one. I mean, I know he was being punished and all that, but I was like, throw, throw him a bone. Throw him a, a fish bone. Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little catnip bone. Um, going back to peddling your way, peddling the witch's wares, I just, mm-hmm. this thought occurred to me. Do you guys remember? I don't know if y'all had to do this. So, um, in my elementary school, if you wanted to, like, go on a field trip or something, you had to sell, like, peanut brittle and wrapping paper sure. out of those catalogs. What if those children are just, like, doing the witch's bidding and that is the witch's wares? Is this, like, weird tin mm. full of different flavored popcorn? And that's how they get you. Don't you ruin that, that I... tri flavor popcorn for me. <laughs> how dare you? It shouldn't be as good as it is. About, this, this correlation is brilliant because witches and candy are linked, uh-huh. right? Like the gingerbread houses, yep. the candy houses, the Hansel and Gretel, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's great. I love that. What a good through line. Don't steal that idea, anybody, except. Uh, except you two, you you, you can no have dips, you guys, and no one will suspect children <laughs> exactly as dealers and unless children unless are in New York. Goblins we don't or trust the oh. we don't trust we don't trust anybody selling anything anywhere, especially if it's on the train to New York. Absolutely not. Good luck getting to your your basketball game, child. Not going to happen. I'm not have... buying a Snickers. It's not going to happen. You love Snickers, How though. Have... Not in that scenario. It's the principle of the thing. So how have Girl Scouts managed to sidestep that? Right? Because I bet you buy from Girl Scouts. <laughs> Girl Scouts are the evil capitalist <laughs> geniuses of yeah. this country. They Girl are the Scouts ones that should be witches. running the IMF. The inter- <laughs> they're the ones that need to be in charge of Goldman Sachs. Like, put a Girl Scout in the C-suite, and I guarantee you, we'll never have another financial crisis ever again. <laughs> I still love that. Uh, the Girl Scout who, when I think it was in California, when weed was legalized, yeah. she just popped open her table yep. right outside of a dispensary. Like, yep. That's fucking brilliant. There was yep. a troop that would post up in front of Weight Watchers in my hood. <laughs> And they would just wait oh, outside, no. when, and they would always be there whenever anyone oh, left a meeting man. after their weigh-ins, and they would just be like, oh, you look sad. Here's some chocolate. 
Damn. Jeez. Damn. That's, that's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm saying. These girls are no joke. Yeah. I know. And now they take Venmo. Damn. They might oh. be witches themselves. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They're, yeah. they, sure. are they are the witches. Yeah. And those kids going door to door. <laughs> they're tiny, tiny little goblins. They, We're the on idea, to you, Girl Scouts. The idea that witches are. <laughs> are girl in Girl Scout bodies versus like a lady in her yard in her 60s is way more terrifying to me. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the lady in her yard in her 60s, like she clearly could afford that home when it was uh, affordable mm-hmm. um, and has lived there for however long. Yeah. And is just doing her thing and living her life. And I'm the creepy weirdo who's walking by looking in her yard. Uh, which is like, <laughs> to get to the yard description, uh-huh. it's it's a really long front yard, and there's like a gazebo in it, but then there's many places to sit, like a lot of different benches and chairs and seats and things like that, way off to the side, far from the gazebo. So there's like the benches and seating section, and then there's the gazebo section. Mm-hmm. So wild. Like, you could throw a party of, let's say, 18, 20 people there, and they none of them would have to bring their own stuff. They could just sit down wherever they want. Mm-hmm. Do you know her name? No. I bet her name is Phyllis, and I bet she rages. Yeah. <laughs> Phyllis fucking okay. rages. You mentioned Amazing. that there was a lot of seating, so I very quickly looked up when the next new moon is, because a lot of witches do new moon rituals. It's October ah. 6th, so maybe... Great. You go, and she's got <gasps> some witch friends taking up all of that oh. seating, and they're doing a little new moon ritual. And then Initiation. October 20th is the full moon, so I put a pin in it, maybe. Okay. Just maybe. Okay. I, I'm, like, I'm so invested in this story that you're telling us, and also invested in, like, how you're unfolding it, and... <laughs> I, I'm segueing us because so you and I have known each other for a really long time. We are playing D and D together now. Like, it, you are such a wonderful storyteller. And oh, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you extra loot in the next episode. Yes, that's the only reason <laughs> I asked you to be on this loot. podcast. <laughs> Damn it! He'll do it. <laughs> And my character is just chaotic enough to be like, yeah, that's fine. I know it's cursed, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Uh, I guess, like, what, especially with, uh, like, the way that you tell stories, because you've done it in such fun fashions. Like, okay, so recently in a campaign that we were playing, uh, we got to this very pivotal moment and Finn rolled out basically a scroll that had black light on it. And then we had to like work out the puzzle and everyone was just like, oh my God. And like, again, we've been playing for four years. So you still come up with these fun twists and turns. Is there like a way, I don't know. How does your brain work with storytelling? I don't, I don't know if that's a question. There it is. Uh, thank you. Um, that's an incredibly awesome compliment. I appreciate it. Um, I don't know that there's like a one and done answer for that. Um, I really like telling stories that are um, 
how do I even phrase this? Um, Diabolical. <laughs> Diab- Ooh, spooky. No. Um, of witches. I, I like stories that pull from information that we've already heard in the story to hit a big mm. impact, right? So um, in, in writing, they call that, um, uh, I think it's called like laying the pipe, like getting the pipeline ready before you turn mm-hmm. it on, right? So um, showing glimpses of things here and there um, that seem innocuous in the beginning and then pulling them back in later to give them more impact and have them be more meaningful for some reason. Um, the The nice thing about th- like role-playing games as a medium for that, tabletop role-playing games, is that we are constantly wading through details and and people are saying things just off the cuff so often that I've got this like infinite sea of ideas to pull from and I it it feels like from an outside perspective I think it feels like I have planned everything out already and all of these things are already decided way from the beginning and and that is not true um, so one of the reasons that, um, I, I think these games are so successful is that the ending is not written yet and the solutions to the puzzles or the, the direction that the team goes in or the problems that they try to solve are not things that I have decided ahead of time for the most part. Mm-hmm. I've got like a, a, a slight structure designed, but all of the in-between is filled in by the decisions that the players are making. Um, and so, like, that's how pulling in all of these backstory things are so unique and fun, is everybody comes to the table, they've written their own backstory, and having been a player as well, I look at that as, uh, cool, that's what got me to this point here, boop, and that's what made me this character right here. And I tend not to think much more about it other than like, how would my character react? Right. Mm. But as the GM, as the person who's running the game, I look at that stuff. And if there are little nodes or, or ideas that are in that backstory that I can then leapfrog ahead of you and drop in your path to encounter again, then that one scene is more meaningful. I, I can someone explain D and D to me? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I have yes, I can. zero awareness of I understand it's there's dice and yep. people sitting mm-hmm. around a board no. speaking. No, they're yes. not sitting no around. They are no board. Pen so and it's paper. it's it's group storytelling okay. at its at the heart, right? So um if you've ever been in a writer's room and created a really good <laughs> sketch or something like that, right? Okay. When you and I are just pitching stuff back and forth and we're like what if blah 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 and then oh yeah i'm good yeah, at that yeah. shit yep yeah, yeah. yeah there you go so so that's at its core what this hobby is um yeah. except and and the idea of calling it a game this is something that i've got a little bit of a uh, a problem with is i think calling it a game does a disservice to what the hobby is because mm-hmm. people then think that there's a a win or loss scenario to it um, and there's really not. It's just a story, right? We're all just crafting a story. And so my role as 
as the game master, the person who's running the game, is to um, set up the plot hooks and uh, and give descriptions and read, you know, the 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 notes in the margins and stuff, right? Like, cool, you're you're in this town. It looks like this. There's these kinds of people here, these kinds of shops, whatever. What would you like to do? And then everybody else at the table is playing one specific character in that story that we're telling. And so they're responsible for all of their motives and emotional context and decisions and actions and stuff. Um, the dice come in when the player is trying to do something that has an element of chance to it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to use combat as the the example because it's pretty pre- prevalent in all of these games. But like, if you go to throw a punch at somebody, that person also has the opportunity to dodge out of the way and and block or stand there like a goalpost and get hit or whatever. And so mm-hmm. that's where the dice come in. You roll dice. You look at your character sheet and add numbers to the dice roll, and that tells you whether you succeeded or failed. And then we go on from there. The story splits from that point, depending on that dice roll, and goes in one direction or another. So it's like a really long choose-your-own-adventure with, like, anywhere from three to a dozen of your closest friends. Wow. And you said you guys use the word campaign. So Mm -hmm. is this something where the same story continues for more than just one? So when is the story over? So... That's a great question. Um, we This game has been going on for a really long time, and we've had many small plot arcs. Um, they were hired by someone to find some, uh, some items and destroy them. Um, so pretty simple. They don't have to know each other. They don't have to like each other. They're just hired by this person to go out and do the job. Um, and then over time those relationships get built out and you start to care for each other and found family stuff starts to happen. And it's really fun and interesting. Um, so each one of those items that they had to go find is like a small arc. And then the entire finding all five of those things would have been one massive plot point. Like that could have been the end of the campaign, but along the course of the way, um, they discovered, Certain other characters in the story are doing bigger and badder things than just whatever these items were. Um, and so now at this point, the big plot point, which I think is going to be our finale, is they are trying to stop a necromancer from resurrecting a god that was killed thousands of years ago. Um, what? <laughs> no big deal. So... They're much bigger and more powerful characters now, so they can handle stuff like that. It's still a challenge, mm-hmm. but they you get experience and you advance your character gets stronger and stronger, and there you go. So would you say that by meeting a local witch and then proposing to peddle her wares, you are in your own you are in your own real life d and d a hundred percent. Okay. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Certainly. Okay. Um, Is life just a giant game of D&D? I don't think so. Uh, so so here's... <laughs> that's a really fun premise. I like that idea. Um, but at least the way that I play games, um, there are, there's only so far I'm willing to go with consequences for things mm-hmm. because this is a game we're all having fun hanging out with each other. 
Um, I, for example, in the games that I run, um, no one will die unless I get permission from the player first. And usually yeah. the player will instigate that conversation and say, you know, I've been playing this char- for, for, character for a really long time. I want to retire them and start somebody new. I want to play up a different thing. This was my first idea and it's been great, but I have other ideas I want to explore and play with. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about, okay, well, how does your character exit this story? And then we talk about that. Um, so for me, I think consequences need to be meaningful in the game and they need to cause some sort of obstacle for the players. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to things like death, that's like a finale. There's no return from that really in, in most regards. Um, and that's an end to the fun. So in, in a combat scenario, if somebody gets hurt really badly and they fail a bunch of their roles and the rules tell me that that character has died, um, in my games, that character passes out and then wakes up somewhere in worse shape. Uh, mm-hmm. they're on a mad scientist's lab table and they're strapped <laughs> down and now who knows what's ha- right. And you got to figure your way out of that stuff. Um, so that's where I say no, because in real life, if you make risky choices, like, you know, uh, I don't know how you guys, I, I know how you guys feel about it on this podcast, but let's say you, you decide I'm not going to wear a mask or get vaccinated and I'm going to go to a baseball game and then you're going to get mm-hmm. sick and you're going to get COVID and you're going to go to the ICU and you're going to die. Um, Everything that's about life. that sounds horrendous, <laughs> including yeah. the baseball game. It's, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad we're all in agreement. Hate baseball. Sorry. Uh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, sorry. Republican National Convention. Is that better? No. Uh, that's worse. That's way worse than a baseball game. Yeah. I'll go to a baseball sorry. game. At least they have hot dogs at baseball games. That's true. And nachos. Yeah. And, yeah. and an organ and a mascot. Okay, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm beginning right. to get sold yeah, on this I was idea like, a little I think, bit. You know where else has all of those things? Disney. El Capitan. At Disney, Disney's El Capitan. <laughs> so I'm just saying. And then I can see Oogie Boogie, sing a little song, do a little dance, and watch Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't have to watch a baseball game. Anyway. Amazing. Sorry. <laughs> don't Amazing. like baseball. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So, yeah. So, like, there's no, you know, when we're playing a game, the consequences aren't as heavy as they are in real life. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. What made control. you what made you decide to become a, a game master? Uh time, I think. Uh I had I've started playing <laughs> uh just as a player when I was in like middle school with my cousin okay. one summer. Um and we didn't know what we were we had like one rule book and it was just like who cares this is monsters huge and fun and scary and let's go try to slay the monster and that was really all that we were doing uh Mm -hmm. and then i stopped playing in high school just because i wasn't around other people who played it so i didn't have access to a group or anything Mm -hmm. um but when i got into college my roommate and the neighbors next door were really big uh gamers and so they invited me to come in and, and play in a game with them. And they were playing a game called Brave New World, um, which is a superhero type game 
where if you are what they call a metahuman, you have to register with the government and you have to like, like there's all of these rules and stuff. And then there are, uh, there are some metas who don't register and it's kind of like, think of like X-Men, right? Yeah, like it's, X-Men. it's an analog for all of the like marginalized groups that are, are kind of like put down and, and, highlighted as different and scary and stuff yeah. when they're not. Um, and so I, I went in and I was like, you know, I haven't played anything in a really long time. Let me just, can I just sit and watch? And I watched them have this really dramatic moment where they were trying to smuggle a kid out of the city because they had no one else and the, the agents were coming to take them away. And oh my goodness, it was intense and it was emotional. And there were, everyone was working toward the same goal, but had different like ideas of how it should happen and mm-hmm. what was best for this kid. And there were like, it was dramatic and it was emotional and it was incredible. And it was all just unfolding in front of me in a dorm room. Um, and that was the first time it occurred to me that this could be more than just like imagining a video game, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so that was like really eye opening for me. And so I started playing with them and I haven't really looked back since. Um, and then after playing enough games and enough, uh, times and stuff like that, eventually you start to get your own ideas and you're like, you know, I think it would be really cool to explore this concept or what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when this group got together, uh, I was working with Jose and Danny, um, and Jose came over and said, you know, we're, we're putting this D&D group together. None of us have played before. Will you run it for us? And I was like, geez, uh, I haven't run Dungeons and Dragons specifically in a long time. Certainly not this new edition of it. I'm happy to do it. Just know that going in that we're going to have to like be honest with each other and sometimes figure stuff out at the table because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and everyone was very cool with that. And we talked about uh, what genre we wanted this game to be and um, what was everyone, why did everyone want to play D&D? Like, what was the expectation for this game? Mm-hmm. So I had some direction there on, like, what type of game we wanted to play. Was it a comedy? Was it drama? Was it high adventure? Was it, you know... A rom-com? Was it a rom-com? Exactly. Like, all of these things. <laughs> So, Every now and then, uh, a little bit. Sometimes. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I threw out a whole bunch of genres and everyone was like, can we do all of those? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, sure, that's fine. Um, but what yeah. if we did all of the things? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You think it's a rom-com. It's actually a horror. <laughs> so do do does the whole group go in on these descriptions like everyone sure, has sometimes. their own okay because everyone everyone has like their own main character and then mm-hmm. everyone helps with what they want for other stuff or yeah so okay. so they'll say something like i want to go to uh, this place right we want to go to this new kingdom right yeah. And I'll say, okay, we're going into this kingdom and it is, it looks like this, this, the theme is flowers. It's the, the realm of glass roses and it's got flowers everywhere. And, uh, that's their whole vibe. And you guys go into the downtown area. Here are some shops that I also, that I already know about. 
what other shops are here? And people are like, oh, okay. So there's, uh, there's the Magiscule, which is a place where you can go to have calligraphy stuff done. And there's, um, like the Libra Emporium, which is the bookstore and it's full of romance novels. And, uh, I wonder (laughs) who came up with that one. (laughs) Uh, I don't remember who came up with that one. Um, I think that Emma, hmm. maybe. It might have been Emma. Do our it friends very from Emma. Booklandia play? Because I feel like that's something they would have come up with. So Ford plays. Okay. Um, but only recently, um, mm-hmm. they they started playing like a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they joined up this. So this game has splintered into a bunch of stuff. So it started with this group with Lex and and five five other people. That's now six other people. There's a group of seven there. And then a, I was talking about it at work, and some of my friends at work were like, oh, really? Well, Ooh. we need to play. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to run two separate games of Dungeons & Dragons and try to keep plot l- l- points and stuff like that. So I put them in the same homebrew world that I'm making in the same timeline, just with different goals. Mm-hmm. And so the things that these two groups are doing are affecting each other and they're coming into town after each other and seeing how things have changed. Um, we've done a couple of crossover episodes that's been really fun. Mm-hmm. And then the work group split because one of my players moved to Pennsylvania. So he's on a three hour time difference from us. Mm-hmm. And so now it's um, Sky, or I'm sorry, it's, it's Ford and uh, a friend of mine, Ashley in one group, then Mike, who moved to Pennsylvania in the other group, and then the seven of these in the other group, and they're all working toward this one massive, potentially cataclysmic event. That's usually how these things go, is they, like, start small (laughs) and build toward a world-ending doom. Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. It's like a Buffy and Angel, you know? Or Marvel. It's like existing right now in (laughs) life. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's a parallel. (laughs) Finn, do you have an incredible memory or do you take copious notes? Both. So when it comes Excellent. to stories that I'm creating, mm-hmm. I I can remember a whole lot of it because everything that's built is supported by some sort of structure. And okay. so it's easy for me to stand back and have a bird's eye view of the structure and that helps it's sort of like um the way that people sort of describe their mind palace right is like an actual room with doors and this one is blue and this one is red and then and that you associate with certain things um but for me there's there's a lot of really cool studies out there um my second season of the show is about applied rpgs and using them for things like therapy and um education and Mm -hmm. Um, a whole bunch of really cool, like practical uses for these outside of just like having a good time playing. Um, and, uh, there's this thing that happens when you play where you almost split your, uh, your perspective. One is very aware that you are just a player sitting at a table and the Mm -hmm. other is, embodying the character that you're playing um and so emotional things that happen to the character bleed through onto the player um and then there are things from the player that can bleed through onto the character um Mm -hmm. so there's bleed in and bleed out is the terminology 
as the GM, I'm invested in all of those parts. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I also have like a massive document on Google Docs that's just writing up what has happened and things to come. I've got a spreadsheet that's over 500 cells deep because every item, every city we go to, every person we meet, every location has an entry in there. So that when now when they go back to the realm of glass roses, I can just jump to that section and have every shop, every shop owner, every person that we've encountered already a little blurb about who they are and what I need to know. Um, which makes my life a lot easier because then I don't have to remember the very specific minutia of any given event. Mm-hmm. But when we go back to those places, it still seems as though that's a living, breathing space. Oh my goodness. That's incredible. I feel like you should be just getting paid to do this. <laughs> like this should be, your, this sounds like a job, like a, you're, you have Excel, you have Google Docs, like this sounds like a job. <laughs> There's uh, there's certainly a lot of effort that goes into it. Um but it's uh, and and yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be a fun job. I would dig Hell that. Yeah. Uh but you know, it's it's also I get to uh, I'm at a place right now where I'm not uh working my ass off so many hours every week um like I had been like long ago I I was constantly working a full-time job and then also hustling on the side and doing like every freelance gig I could get my hands on and stuff like that. Um, and so like, you know, not sleeping and, um, really kind of burning the candle at both ends. Uh, Mm -hmm. and now I'm in a much healthier place as far as that kind of stuff is concerned. And so I get to have time to go see my friends and hang out and the stakes are pretty low. Um, we could play for, you know, a couple of hours at a time and that's fun. Or we could just get together and say fuck it and just shoot the shit for a while and, and tell jokes and all of that kind of thing. And uh, so it's it, it sounds like a lot of work, but it's also a lot. There's a lot of pleasure that comes out of it. Um, plus, it's world building and that shit's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. It sounds very complicated, though, too. It's not as complicated as you think. Mm. Okay. Um, it it seems intimidating to a lot of newbies, um, yeah. but there's there's so much hand waving happening behind the curtain of like, yeah. uh, what would be so? There's this phrase called the rule of cool, um, and it it's the intention of that is if there's a rule in the rule book that says one specific thing is supposed to happen in a certain scenario, mm-hmm. or a certain die ha- has to be rolled to make something happen or whatever. Um, If that outcome is less fun or would somehow be detrimental to the thing that's happening in your, in your game or on the table, Mm -hmm. the rule of cool applies and you just do whatever it fits the moment that you're in. Um, So there's a whole lot less like rule memorization and, and you know, stat memorization and stuff like that than you would think. It's more just like, okay, this combat's been going on for a really long time and the dice just aren't landing the way that we want them to. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say this monster is tired of getting cut and so it leaves, right? Like the bad yeah. guys run away and, and whatever. Um, which is also wonderful because then you can have recurring villains and that's who doesn't like a recurring villain. <laughs> 
I like that you turn everything into a positive. That just makes me feel so nice. Well, that's that's also a part of running a game, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, let's say we're we're playing and Lex is rolling, and we're we're in the scenario where just tonight Lex's dice are cold. Mm-hmm. That sucks. That sucks so bad, and nobody has fu- like it, it's really hard. I shouldn't say nobody has fun. It's very difficult to have fun in a scenario where you are trying to do something and you're being frustrated by an inanimate object that just happens to not be rolling right. And so trying to take care to like pay attention to what's happening at the table and not only what's happening in the game, but to step out and look at everybody and, and see how people are doing means that I can say things like instead of you miss and we move on, no, you're a capable per- like character. You're really good at doing these things. You're one of the best, really, if we look at like the math behind it. But this didn't connect the way that you wanted to because the thing that you're, let's say, fighting again, the thing that you're fighting is also at this level, is also an elite combatant. And so you're, you're swinging your sword and it's going to hit them and they shift just so so that it clangs off their armor or they step out of the way in a maneuver that you thought was impossible or their balance was off and you were going to take advantage of that and somehow they managed to roll out of the way right so instead of making it about uh, I, I like to think about um, the sword fight in the princess bride on top of the cliffs of insanity mm-hmm. right amazing reference both of them are experts mm-hmm. and they go through this whole thing and you can you can argue that neither of them is really trying to land a blow but they don't right they don't mm-hmm. and and yet it's still a fun and exciting thing and why is that and it's because it's not that their attacks are missing that's not what we're focusing on we're focusing on the fun way that they're sort of dancing around each other right mm-hmm. and so if i can then describe things that way it means everybody has a little bit of a better time. So I'm just kind of, I think, I think it's a good rule of thumb to try to key into that optimism. Yeah. Oh, I feel all warm and fuzzy. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Congrats, by the way, on wrapping season one of the RPG concierge. Thank you. How does it feel? Yeah, it was great. Um, It feels good. I was, uh, I had expected to do more episodes, Mm -hmm. but I got to a certain point where I was like, I think we've heard everything that we need to hear about on this topic. Um, Our first season was about getting new players involved um, Mm -hmm. or being a veteran player, but stepping into a new role, like running a game or writing a game. Um, And so it's, it's interview based everybody. uh, So you don't have to listen to me talk forever because that (laughs) gets boring. Um, But we get, new players in to talk about their experiences playing for the first time. We get veterans in to say, look, these are the things that I thought I needed to do, but you don't waste your time. Take it from me. Have a good time. That kind of stuff. Um, and it was great. And we did uh, 13 episodes, I think. And then a wrap up episode. So I think there's 14 total. And um, yeah, I'm really proud of it. I think it, I think it turned out really good. And there's a lot of really, great advice in there um from you know experts in the industry to just uh brand new people who 
are just having their first go at it. Um, so hopefully it helps somebody. You know, Vin Diesel, your unit idol, plays D&D. Has yeah. for a long time. Is he going to be on the second season of the RPG Concierge? <laughs> if if Mr. Diesel dope. would like to be on the RPG Concierge season fill in the blank, uh, please, yeah, let's do it. Uh, reach out. <laughs> I am going to make it my personal mission to make sure that Vin Diesel is aware of your program. and wants to come on fuck manifesting i'm gonna find out who his agent is i'm gonna email his agent and then i'm I'm gonna dm him is he on the social i'm gonna dm him i'm gonna just blow up his shit i'm gonna make fake accounts blow up i probably shouldn't be revealing this on air you know what allegedly she'll be making fake yes legal says you have to say allegedly okay allegedly (laughs) allegedly I will make fake accounts to DM him through. And allegedly, I will call his agent nonstop. Nice. <laughs> that's allegedly. something else that's that's really interesting in the hobby these days is that you get... It, it's, it's kind of exploded over the last, I would say, like six or seven years, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's more people playing now than there ever have been. Um, and part of that was a redesign of the game they made fifth edition which is a lot more accessible um it's still there's still problems with it but you know uh it's it's a little bit easier for somebody coming in to get ready and play um and there's more and more celebrities that are coming forward saying yeah this is a thing i do Mm -hmm. um and it's great you know you've got um now that i'm on the spot i'm gonna drop everyone's name that i'm trying to think of but like deborah ann wall runs um relics and uh shoot i forget the name of her show lex edit this back together in a way that makes sense she was in true blood yeah relics and rarities um (laughs) so she ran this this thing on um i think it's like youtube or something where she has celebrities on to play an ongoing campaign of D&D and then she has guests on every week and she runs everything and does all the voices and it makes props and stuff like that. And it's wonderful. Um, and then, um, Joe, I can never say his last name. Manganiello. Oh, Manganiello. He's married to, uh, what's her face? Sophia Vergara. Sophia. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Talk about a a, unit. He's an absolute unit. And, A huge D and D nerd. He's got a clothing line called Death Saves, which is uh, a reference to the game. Um, He built a whole Dungeons and Dragons room in the basement of their house, um, and he was like, "Look, there was some. I I guess there was some back and forth between them." And he was like, "Look, you have all of the closet space. This is the one that I need for me." Um, And so he's got like a dragon head mounted on the wall and like this big ass table and stuff. so he's pretty fun. He's also really great about like shutting down gatekeepers and haters and stuff where, you know, there was this bodybuilder guy who took a picture of himself flexing and he was like, this is what it looks like when you don't play D&D. And then he sent the picture of him on the cover of Men's Health with like, you know, covered in abs, like yeah, oh, back yeah. abs yep. and shoulder abs and <laughs> chest abs. And like, <laughs> and he was like, I play D&D. 
<laughs> and it was like, you know what? Amazing. Screw you guys. Yeah. I'm making a list of all of the people that, all of the celebrities that we're going to get on the RPG concierge. <laughs> Amazing. Add Stephen Colbert. Oh, what? yeah. Yeah. That's right. He's okay. a big player as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a right. huge nerd. I love whenever he starts talking about the. The mythology of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he's, he's a big read, Tolkien like, fan. Yeah, it goes deep. Um, yeah, that's amazing. It's so funny. It's so so funny. Yeah. Do you have a premiere date? I know you just finished season one, but do you have a premiere date for season two yet? I don't. So uh, what I've been doing is um, because season two is a lot more focused on um, like using games for development and therapy and education. Um, I've been doing a pretty deep dive into like studies that are being done um, and groups that are out there that are using RPGs in uh, community efforts and in rehabilitation efforts and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've reached out to a couple of people that have agreed to be on. Um, I've had a couple of big projects at work this month, so I'm trying to schedule people for interviews in October uh, I like to build up a backlog of things, so I probably not till January, I don't okay. think, because then it's the holiday season and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking uh, it'll probably be the same as it was this year, where every other week I'll release something, um, and so that'll start in January. Uh, but I've got, there's a game that is sort of like Dungeons & Dragons, it's a fantasy game, um, and... They have built in using American and British sign language into the game mechanics so that you That's can learn amazing. sign language as you play. Um, <gasps> there are like specific parts of spell casting that require hand motions that are sign language. And so it teaches you all of that. And they have links to videos online to help train you. Um, it's called Inspirials. And they've got a Kickstarter coming out soon called Overiles that is like a continuation of that. Um, there's uh man there's a a whole convention in pennsylvania that's about um using them for uh for therapy and outreach um there's a bunch of groups that take rpgs into um youth detention centers and prisons and things like that for to help with rehabilitation there um there's concepts and things like that that we use in role-playing games that the military uses to help train um same thing with uh the medical profession does um uses a bunch of concepts from rpgs to uh help train up new med students and docs and stuff like that um there's a whole lot of work coming out of seattle um there's a bunch of teachers that are doing after school game clubs and they're starting to report on their findings of how kids are improving in school overall, um, mm. in, in math and reading and creative writing and all of these kinds of things. Um, there's a story that I love and I, I'm sorry, but I can't remember where it came from. Um, but this, there was this young girl who, uh, English was her second language. Um, mm. and it was, she was not, super confident in her English, but she was a Spanish speaker. And so she didn't have, she didn't like reach out to make a whole lot of friends. And she joined up in this after school club playing Dungeons and Dragons, I think. And, um, the, she, she said that she was nervous about that. And the, the teacher who was running the game said, okay, great. So you're playing an elf from now on, 
whenever you speak Spanish, that's Elvish in this game. And then they built this game around going into Elvish territories and they became really important to the story and uh, translating. And they started teaching these other kids some Spanish to help them go. And like, she started having friends outside of school and, and just opening up more and participating more in class because she didn't feel as nervous about her communication abilities. And like, she just like had all of these positive impacts and stuff. Um, and so those are the kinds of things that I'm really interested in exploring in season two is like, you know, talking about this game as a hobby and at the table is really cool. And we've had some really fun experiences, but what are the other aspects of it? Like how else is it useful? Um, is really cool to me. I think that's neat. Uh, okay. Well, I anticipate that I would just <laughs> sob the whole time. I just started tearing up as you were telling that story. I was like, this is so beautiful. Right. It's really cool. And like the, the group as a whole, you hear stories and things like that about gatekeeping and yeah. like, this needs to be played the way that it was in the seventies when this first came out or whatever. And, and you know, you're going to find those people in whatever hobby you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as a, as a community overall, the role-playing community is really welcoming. Um, and part of why the show is called the RPG concierge was I wanted something that was like the opposite of gatekeeping, right? Mm-hmm. What's, what's the opposite of that? And I was like open gate gaming maybe, but that doesn't really make sense or link to anything. Um, but you know, concierge makes it seem like I'm here to help you do whatever you want. You tell me what you want mm-hmm. and I'll mm-hmm. get you on board. Um, so, yeah. It's not a board. <laughs> it's a map. <laughs> nice. Very good. <laughs> Amazing. Well, my spirit has been touched. <laughs> no, dear. Allegedly. 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 Uh, well, Finn, thank you so much for joining us and being yes. on the show. Um, yes. Oh, it's my As- pleasure. This is great. Sorry, I, I feel like, so on my show, I try to not talk very often uh, and let the guest's experiences be the yeah. show. Uh, yeah. So I'm very aware of how much I've been talking this entire episode. Well, you're, you're the guest. our guest. Yeah. <laughs> the tables have turned. My, how the, oh, the mat has turned. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, usually, Finn, you know, we'll wrap up neatly and then Lex and I will go off and record our outro. We try we try to wrap up neatly with our guest and then we will go do outros. But since you are a listener of the show and a friend of the pod, we thought it would be fun to do outros together in Aww. part because we wanted to do recos together, but also because we kind of wanted the three of us to try and synchronize our buys. After you left that voicemail <laughs> and you gave us our signature buy, I was like so moved that I, I knew I had to had like this is all this was. This was me trying to get you to a point where you can join us in the the final goodbye. All right, I'm I'm oh in. My God. I'm ready. Amazing. Right. <laughs> uh Freckles of the week. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Changes just ever so slightly from week mm-hmm. to week. Depends on the energy of the guest. That's very yeah. good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Good job, everybody. Uh, Finn, do you have a reco for us this week? 
I'm reading uh, a book series by uh, an author named Jordan Ifueko, and the first book is called The Raybearer, uh, B-E-A-R-E-R, and it is phenomenal. It's a, um, I think it's a YA kind of series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this, uh, this young girl is... Uh, born in unusual circumstances and she is wish bound to kill the king. Um, and she doesn't want to, but she must. She is compelled to. The only reason she exists at, in the first place is because somebody wished for this. And it's this wonderful fantasy coming of age. Uh, it's unlike any fantasy that i've ever read it's the the world building is is beautiful um the character development is on point it's just rad and um the the second book just came out um which oh no uh i'm reading it right now what is the name (laughs) (laughs) uh shoot redemptor so uh so it's the Ray Bearer and Redemptor by Jordan Ifueko. Um, if you're looking for something to read, they're they're pretty easy to get lost in and just consume really fast. Um, so, yeah, love that. Yeah, love that. Okay, Lex, dope. Hit me with your best record. Yeah. Uh, so mine, I've it's been nonstop uh, since it came out. Um, but I'm gonna go with Lil Nas X's Montero. It's mm, yeah. wonderful. I think like the, I mean, he's so brilliant when it comes to marketing, yes. but I do think the buildup is very well worth it. Um, and he like just, oh man, some of the songs are so beautiful, but his voice, his, he has this beautiful chest voice and the way he just glides up into his falsetto is stunning. Like he is he is such a wonderful musician. Um, so that, and I was looking up, I was trying to see, uh, like what songs in particular I really re- recommend. Um, am I dreaming with Miley Cyrus is wonderful. Uh, Ooh. dead right now is great. And then, um, I think it's lost in the Citadel is another one that I love. I, the whole thing is really, really wonderful. So I do recommend just listening it from start to finish straight through, no skips. It's fantastic. Amazing. Nice. Do you think Lil Nas X plays RPGs? Oh. I, I would be very surprised if he doesn't. I Okay, I think I've told you this story, but I saw him at Target once, and it was a moment where I was like, wow, you're so relatable. I So I was working at the West Hollywood office mm-hmm. and at that office there was a equinox this was at lunch saw sean mendez he came out of equinox glistening glowing looking course, beautiful and i was like does. wow drinking mm-hmm. a smoothie yeah later that day i went to the west hollywood target and i'm in the snack aisle trying to find something and there's some kid like in a giant hoodie pushing a, a like pushing a cart and it's full of like Oreos, chips, uh, Gatorade, like just junk that you know when you're 19 you can eat without feeling like you're going to die. 
And his friend is like bouncing up and down the aisles, just grabbing stuff, like just like tossing it into this cart. And I look down at the ground at the kid who's bouncing around and I look down at his boots and they look like fucking space boots. And I was like, interesting. And I look up and he's coming down the aisle towards me and we kind of look at each other and then he like goes, oh, I'm so sorry. And then like bounces around me like we're playing basketball or something. And I was just like, that looks like a little Nas. And I look over at his friend who sees me, laughs, and walks past me, and I look at his sweater, and it's a tour sweater for little Nas. I look at the kid who, like, went around me, look at his shoes again, and I was like, that's that's little Nas. Like, the, the, he's the only person who wears those boots. Uh, but at that moment, I was like, I know between Sean Mendez and Lil Nas X who I relate to more and it's absolutely Lil Nas tossing Oreos into a grocery cart at Target. <laughs> like, it was yeah. so funny. So, uh, yeah, he's he's definitely got, like, board game RPG vibes, if I've ever Amazing. seen somebody who does. So does Shawn Mendes. He's a giant nerd, but Lil Nas definitely. If, if he doesn't, I would mm-hmm. – uh, he could easily and, and be yeah. just, like, fit right in. Yep. Oh yeah, just yeah. the way his mind works is. He should join wonderful. your campaign. <laughs> Bring Nas, it on. You listening? Yeah. You listening? <laughs> Do you want to join a four-year campaign? Do we? We're about to, to head into you? uncharted territory. He could be there already. Absolutely. What if he <gasps> is the necromancer? Oh. oh. Or he's the god. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can kill him then. Uh, <laughs> well, it's too late. So somebody did make a Montero uh, character sheet based on the video, the music video, and it is fucking great. So uh, Lil Nas X, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, um, you can even play that character. So you'd be super advanced and uh, equally powered to the rest of the team. 100%. I'm adding him to the list. He's under Stephen Colbert. You're welcome, Stephen Colbert. (laughs) (laughs) Julia, what's your record of the week? (laughs) Okay, you guys, I just finished uh, Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu. Yes. Is that what it's called? Nine Perfect Strangers? I think it is. Mm -hmm. It is based on a book. Um. And the first season just came out. I think I think they're only doing one season. It's like a mini series. But when I tell you that visually it is shot excellently, the 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 cuts that they use, the visualization, the effects, like it is just stunningly shot. The con like the actual plot is full of twists and turns. There's comedy, there's romance, there's drama, there's a little bit of violence. It's ultimately like this huge dramatic thriller. And the cast is stacked. Like I'm talking Nicole Kidman. I'm talking Bobby Canaveral. I'm talking Michael Shannon. I am talking Regina Hall. I am talking Melissa McCarthy. Like stacked what? cast. And it is one of those shows that I cannot tell you anything without spoiling it. So I will just tell you this. Nine perfect strangers arrive at a wellness resort and nothing is as it seems. 
That's it. I'll leave it there. I just finished it so I can tell you start to finish. Incredible. They talk on things. Like, it gets a little heavy sometimes because they'll talk about topics like addiction. Um, There is violence in it. Um, there There are questions of, like different types of relationships and infidelity and self-image and self-worth and just like a lot of really like important timely human elements of existence mm-hmm. but it's done in a way that's just like it's pretty to look at it has these funny intervals and it's a great show and I can tell you from start to finish it was like it's the only roller coaster that I will ever ride <laughs> wow yeah dang all right I'm in. Enjoy. Enjoy. That sounds dope. If you watch it, let me know your thoughts. I loved it. I will. We just got to the end of a bunch of stuff that um, that we're watching, so I'll, I'll add it on the top of the list. Yes. <laughs> Do it. Excellent. Well, thank you for your recos, and thank you for being here, Finn. Yay. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have finally made it on the show. Same. You're always welcome on this show. <laughs> Oh, I can't oh, wait thank you. for your for your witchy updates. Oh, I can't wait either. <laughs> I'm so excited. I mean, witch or ghost or ghost witch or whatever the could be could go either way. Girl Scout could go either way. The jury's still out. <laughs> just a Girl Scout. It's just three Girl Scouts in a large skirt, <laughs> <laughs> dressed as Professor Trelawney from Harry Potter. Amazing. I what mean... if? What if they're they're three kids who had been wearing a giant skirt and a shirt in order to get a job. And then they kept having to wear the skirt and the shirt to have the job. And now they're just 68 years old and they don't know how to live their life. Not on each other's shoulders, wearing that skirt and shirt. And it's just actually three grown women who are stacked on top of each other. They like nobody grown? takes that trope long enough. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Have they have there has their growth been stunted or have they just like like human centipeded well, onto Finn each didn't other? Tell us how tall she is. She could she's be nine feet tall. <laughs> she's actually she looked like I, I didn't get super close to her, but she looked like she was taller than I am, and I'm five ten, okay. so she was maybe about six feet tall. But she okay. may have been wearing some kind of heels. I don't mm. know. I, I couldn't see her shoes under the skirt. Okay. Well, if you think of like an average American woman is what, five four, five six, something like that. So you need a like a sixteen foot tall mm-hmm. lady if they're grown. If they're it's just I mean, one maybe... of the skeletons from Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> the seventeen foot skeleton, yeah. Or over the years they had to adjust where on each other they're stacked so that they wouldn't draw attention to themselves. So when they first started, they were six feet tall, and then they ca- they kept growing. So then instead of being on shoulders, then they were piggyback riding, and then the piggyback ride kept getting lower and lower. No? Is this worse? Lex is looking like she's about to throw up. <laughs> so uncomfortable by this. This is so... I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated. What if it's just one... How flowy is the skirt? Is it like billowy? Is it like what if it's just one and she's standing there and the other two just like hold, each hold onto a leg and they're under the skirt and they rotate who holds the legs? It could be. So <gasps> the the skirt Lex itself is, is just have like nightmares. <laughs> it's just like a absolutely. Uh, it doesn't like hoop out or anything like that. It's yeah. not like a crazy 
big massive thing but it it does have like i guess pleats in it or, or waves mm-hmm. in it i don't i'm not a costume designer so it's been so long <laughs> uh so um there is space so that when they walk they can take a full stride and the dress can kind of kick out in front of or the skirt can kick out in front of them okay. but when they're standing still it just hangs straight down if that makes sense okay. so no human grown women clutching to legs it looked like a pretty clean vertical okay. line. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, there's only one possible explanation. One of the Girl Scouts ate the other two. Mm. In the womb. Yikes. Or <laughs> there were triplets and now it's just one of them, maybe? No? Okay. Never What mind. is happening at the Girl Scout factory? <laughs> Oh, here's your answer. They're being made in a factory. <laughs> You're welcome. Made out of Allegedly. Those girls. Allegedly. <laughs> we don't need them coming after us with a lawsuit. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, no but no, no. in all sincerity, support your Girl Scouts. They're such yes. an inclusive group, and they're doing a lot of really kick-ass work. So uh, we make fun of them because it's funny, but uh, they're also great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I love a Thin Mint. <laughs> So tasty. They are. Yeah. They're Sweet. amazing entrepreneurs. Amazing. Uh-huh. Right? So yeah. great. Uh, Finn, where can people find you? Where can they follow you? Oh, yeah. Wow, it's been so long. Uh, <laughs> I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Finnegan1. That's F-I-O-N-N-E-G-A-N and the numeral one. Um, I had Finnegan at Finnegan at one point. But that was in the early days when I got it just to, like, comment on a thing somebody wrote once or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it sat idle for so long. And then I went to log in and they were like, this account has been suspended for terrible activity or whatever. And I was like, what the <laughs> <No>! hell? <laughs> and so I reached out to them and I was like, hey, I don't know if somebody hacked my account or something, but I used this once like four years ago. And now this is like legit. I'm trying to use it to, like, have people contact me and stuff. Can I get just this account unlocked and they were like absolutely not i was like okay uh finnegan one it is i guess <laughs> who has the account now is nobody it Billy it's just locked brother? out oh oh is his name also finnegan i think so but I don't am know i no longer the only no, it's one it's not no it's not it's phineas <laughs> it's phineas apologies ah, okay. <laughs> not the same not the same not the same so okay finnegan one on the twitter on the twitter um, you can also email me if you have any questions or ideas or concerns about role-playing games at the RPG concierge at gmail.com. And the RPG concierge is everywhere, streaming everywhere, Apple, Spotify. Yeah, whatever podcatcher you use, it's probably on there. Dope. Super right. dope. Thank you. I've learned so much, and I've oh, laughed good. so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! Yes. That sounds like a success to me. <laughs> it is. Shall we do uh, our signature uh, sign off with Finn? Are we ready? Yeah, let's do it. I'm so ready. All right. Bye. 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 Oh my God, that made me feel so happy. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Peony, where we believe that culture informs all that we do and art can truly be anything. 
If you like this episode, please leave us a review, rate us, tell all your friends to subscribe, follow, download. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Talk to you soon. Yeah, I didn't know.